Welcome to Breaking Fun with El Profe and Letty, a podcast where we talk about our culture, our personal journey, and the journey of others. Hola, hola, hola. Happy September to everyone who is listening to our podcast, Breaking Fun with El Profe and Letty. We want to welcome everyone to a new episode, and we're going to cover a very, very sensitive but extremely important topic that both me and Letty have, uh, I think, plenty of experience about uh, that we've gone through in some shape or form. Mm-hmm. Letty, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm excited to be back and have this dialogue with you. And just so that everyone knows, um, we are accompanied in this podcast with some cafecito. So we got some coffee. Mm-hmm. Um and so if you hear us taking a couple of sips, we apologize in advance, all right? <laughs> we need some little, you know, we just need a little extra boost. It's been a you know, a rough couple of weeks starting the new school year, job, you name it, right? Yeah, man. So, but yeah, so today we're going to be talking about discrimination and we want to tailor this conversation mainly to our experiences. Um, and this is actually going to be super unique because, Profe, you have the experience of being in the Midwest and also mm-hmm. seeing it from, you know, when you went to school in Virginia. Yeah. So you got a little taste of it all throughout the nation. Mm-hmm. I was born in Los Angeles, California, and but I had my ties here in the South, in Georgia, and I got to experience it like my whole life. But let's start off, Profe, tell me like, what was it like? Like, how, did, did you face discrimination? What was it like the first time you actually recognized that you were being discriminated? And let's keep it in the terms of being Latinx, right? Because yeah. you can see discrimination in different races, right? Of but course. Like, but like within our community, when was the first time that you recognized that you were being discriminated against? So here's the thing. I lived, I think, in five different states, California, Idaho, Virginia, Louisiana, now Georgia. Mm-hmm. I want to say I remember two, two, two of those states I've experienced discrimination, one in Idaho, one time in Virginia, not yet in Georgia. I don't remember California. Just yet. Just yet. Now, Idaho. I was an adolescent at the time. I was applying for my uh, driver's uh, permit. Mm-hmm. Now, at the time, same time, I was also renewing my residency card. And that's a year-long process back in the day. Mm-hmm. So at the time, the Department of Homeland Security just gives you like a substitute, like... You know, this, this, this person is a resident. They're, they're just renewing their residency card. So they give you like a, like a substitute document, right? Yeah. So I took that document to the DMV. The lady at the time was notorious for really, you know, being unfriendly to people who were not white. Mm. Okay. I didn't know at the time. Me and, my, and I remember this. The school screwed up because they told us a day before that we need to get our permits before the class began, a day before the class began. Uh, so with that, I then recall, so me and my dad, we rushed over, same with all my classmates. We rushed over to get our permits. I was in line. It was my turn. It was me and my dad. My dad, uh, then, you know, we were just asking the lady, hey, can we get our permit? The lady said, well, you know, you need, you know, you need certain documentation. We got the documentation. We showed it to her. She's like, you know what? This isn't a residency card. This is not legal. Are you serious? Yes. Oh, wow. And I'm like, well, it's U.S. government issued. You know, it says that I'm a resident. Mm. How is this not a legit document, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And she's like, well, I need to call someone to, to see if this is acceptable. So she acted. I'm pretty sure she didn't call anyone. But she acted like she grabbed the phone, called someone. And like, no, nope, they're not answering. Sorry, I can't give you your permit. And again, I had all my classmates right behind me. Mm-hmm. All my classmates. And my dad, I, my dad doesn't get mad easily, but he mm-hmm. was furious that day. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we are residents. How can, you know, this is an, a legit document that says that my son is a resident of the United States. You know, uh, you are, you know, you're, my dad kept his cool and he's, and he's like, you know what, son, let's go. Yeah. And I remember crying, crying all the way home and going to my room and crying because I, I felt, you know, like I was embarrassed in front of all of my peers. Because I was not a quote-unquote resident. I was not a legal resident. Ain't that messed up, though? But, like, how did you do that? Like, how did you navigate knowing that, like, oh, wow, like, I'm not because of I'm status or Mm -hmm. color of your skin that you weren't accepted or you weren't even allowed to do this one thing? Like, how did you internalize? Because how old were you again when this happened? I was 15. 15? That's huge at 15. Yeah. Yeah, 15 years old. And I never forget in middle school, this one teacher said, he told all of us, you know, how many of you have been discriminated? Mm -hmm. Uh, A couple of my peers raised their hand. I didn't raise my hand at the time. Uh, And he said, for those of you that have not raised your hand, just wait. Mm -hmm. That really stuck with me. And and then I remember his words that moment that I went to the DMV. Mm -hmm. It just stuck with me. And he was a great teacher, a really down-to-earth teacher. And, but his words really stuck to me. And then here's a, I, I like to try and see the positive mm-hmm. in things, Letty. My parents, after I experienced that incident, my parents then said, you know what? We need to become U.S. citizens. Oh, wow. So from that moment on, both my mother and father yeah. studied for the exam for a full year. And they became U.S. citizens a year later, which then at the time made me an automatic U.S. citizen because of my age. Wow. Mm-hmm. Ain't that crazy? Yeah. Like that, that, that experience kind of like created a, an effect where it's like your parents realize like, hey, we don't want to feel this way anymore. We don't want to experience this anymore. So like let's become citizens yeah. and not have this, this act ever happen to us again moving down the road or going down in life, did you guys still experience different things like that even after y'all became U.S. citizens? So here's the thing. I've heard different people that my dad worked with Mm -hmm. uh, say or make certain comments because they were a little intoxicated. Uh, My dad always... Oh, Louisiana. Never mind. I did experience discrimination in Louisiana now that I remember. So three states, three out of the five states. Holy cow. Mm -hmm. It's all of a sudden, you know, you, you block some things out of your life and then you're like, oh, well trigger uh as you get older you mature and as you mature you learn how to handle those situations differently mm-hmm. in some cases some cases you're in shock right like we were speaking beforehand when we were setting things up how uh my very first weekend in richmond virginia mm-hmm. my very first weekend i was walking with my cousin's wife in la pulga the flea market in mm-hmm. richmond virginia because we were looking for things for me mm-hmm. because i didn't have anything uh and I remember I was speaking to her in Spanish, and this old lady comes up to us and says, speak our language. Wow. And me and her were like, wait a minute. Did, what did she say? ¿Qué dijo? Yeah. nosotros? Like, what happened? Yeah. My very first weekend there. I got to experience, and that was also my very first weekend living in the South. 
because technically Richmond is the South. So yeah, and it's crazy because like I have a lot of friends that are that identify as Latinx, and they always tell me like whenever like they come either from up north or like they come from the West Coast and they move to Georgia or they move somewhere to like one of the states of the South, they're always like in shock because they're like, wow, like this is. Yeah. It's still the South in yeah. so many ways. So yeah, yeah. It's it's, and then going back to how my parents handled it. My my dad doesn't like conflict. Yeah. Whenever there's a situation, he just learns how to handle it in his own way. My mom just she experienced a lot of discrimination when she started working for my dad's boss at the time. Uh, the person that was supervising her, she was paid in cash because she didn't have. Mm-hmm. We, me and her were uh, were not residents of the U.S. when we recently got to the states. Yeah, uh, so they were paying her in cash, but the, her supervisor was stealing some of her money. Wow. She didn't know at the time. You know, uh-huh. she's like, "Well, you know, this this is what it is." Later on, you know, started getting a paycheck, started realizing, "Okay, this is how much money I should be earning." Mm-hmm. They fired that lady. Eventually, she was a bit of a complicated lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad. You're not big on conflict. I clashed with one of his supervisors. And when I was living in Louisiana at the time, supervisor told me he was going to kick me out of the car. We were, I was going to go help my dad yeah. uh, in Dallas, just do a little job with him. It was yeah. right before uh, moving to Georgia yeah. finish, when I was finishing my dissertation. Uh, politics, you know, Trump, he was big on Trump. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that time. I tell that's going to be a hard one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Again, he, he he kept on poking me. Like, yeah. oh, were you one of those protesters against Trump? Oh, what are your thoughts on this and that? And, of course, I was going to defend myself. And I remember my dad, after we finished the job and mm-hmm. we were heading home, he's like, you know, I'm the one that's going to be effective. I'm like, Dad, you need to speak up. You need to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not right. Like, he was provoking me. I was not going to stay quiet. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, Dad, you're fine. You've been working here for 33 decades now. You're like, <laughs> yeah. You're fine. But my dad was afraid, like, of retaliation against him. Yeah. Eventually. Ain't that crazy though? But it's like, yeah. You know, you 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 come here to America in search of a better life. You end up like having all this, you know, in, in essence, success because you get a job. You know, in your, in your parents' case, they became U.S. citizens mm-hmm. as well. But there's still that fear of yeah. being able to speak your mind. And, like, the Constitution has that First Amendment. And it's yeah. just like, what the heck? Like, you know, you study that when you become a citizen. Mm-hmm. But then you're fearful of doing it because you fear, the like, in your dad's case, it was, like, the fear of losing employment because yeah. that's real. Yes. It wow. is extremely real. Yeah. And I was the type of person, again, once I got older and I saw one of the my parents' coworkers or aunts, because my a few of my uncles also worked with my dad, mm-hmm. some of his, his brothers. If I saw someone mistreat one of my uncles, I would go to that person afterwards and say, you know what, I don't like how you talk to my uncle. Come on now, let's go. Yeah, I was again. I'm not yeah, big on conflict I'm, either. I'm yeah. like, I'll wait until it's absolutely necessary. I did not like it. I yeah. told her she was. It's funny. She always collided with my dad. Yeah. They did not get along. Like my dad did back talk to her. Like, mm-hmm. but my uncle was also very very quiet. And mm-hmm. I told her, hey, I did not like how you spoke to my uncle. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, like, hey, come on, now. you go know. apologize then, please. Yeah. I'll do it as soon as I see your uncle. Thank you. That's all. Yeah. So it's, it's, again, when you're a person of color 
and you're working in this is gonna sound very southern in white man's world. <laughs> <laughs> right? That, that's real. I mean <laughs> there's a lot of insecurities yeah. and there's a lot of apprehension, caution, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Right? Because you don't not, you do not want to step on someone's toes that could then cause you to suffer in the long run. Yeah. Right? And it's just so much fear, right? It's just like, yeah. and, I, and I think going, you know, deep into, you know, it's the Latinx community, but it's also the immigrant, mm-hmm. you know, community in the story where it's like you come here to pursue a good life, but you're so scared and so much cautious of the steps you take because you're trying to pursue the quote unquote, you know, American dream. Yeah. But the reality is that it comes with a lot of obstacles and a lot of those obstacles, you know, you're fearful of just saying, you know, speaking your mind or being able to stand Mm -hmm. up for yourself because you want that dream. Yeah. But you also have to suppress a lot and kind of like not speak up. And I think that's awesome. The fact that you stood up for your dad as well. I mean, I think, I mean, I did, I did the same thing for my dad when he was working for a company. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, I think our parents, the first reaction is like, I got it on. Like, you know, you're going <laughs> to get me fired. But the reality is that like, you know, we in essence also taught our parents like how to stay, stick up for yourself. Yeah. Right. Because if you don't, then you just get taken advantage of. And I like, how, think back oh, oh, though, our parents. Yeah. They, I don't know if your dad told you to defend yourself. My dad? Yeah. Nah. No. My dad, my dad was very similar to you. Like, my dad was like, you know, when he was working in landscaping and in construction, he was just like, you know, we got to do what they say. Mm-hmm. Like, in essence, like, you know, do what the gringos tell them to do. Yeah. Right? And he's like, and he always believed that whatever they said was right. And I was just like, nah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I always believed. I was just like, no. Like, you know. But, uh, but yeah, go ahead. It's, it's, it's tough, though. It's tough to navigate that because, again, I think we receive a different kind of education because our experiences mm-hmm. is so different than our parents. Yeah. Right? So we do learn to speak our minds and defend ourselves because we know our rights. Mm-hmm. But our parents live in this fear sometimes mm-hmm. because, like we mentioned before, they are, they are afraid of retaliation because yeah. they, they, they don't have a degree. Like, my dad worked for the same individual for 37 years. Mm-hmm. And he was a young, young man all the way into his 60s. My mom, almost 30 years. Mm-hmm. Almost 30 years, right? To find a new job, start over late in their age, it's not that easy. It's really not. And then, the, you know, add on top of that, trying to raise a family and, you know, provide it is really, really difficult. And I always say, like, you know, we're we're fortunate enough in the sense that we have, you know, our education and the opportunity to be able to have these careers that we do have because it's, you know, our parents didn't have anything. And mm-hmm. that, to me, is, like, super crazy to, real, to, like, you know, internalize that, you know, we can speak up. I mean, you and me know, like, yeah. I, I always speak <laughs> up. I, I say my mind all the time. Oh, yeah. But that's a privilege that my parents never got to have mm-hmm. because they were trying so hard to fit in and assimilate to yeah. the American culture that they were willing to take every insult, everything that was done wrong to them, just so that way they could provide for a family and for their kids. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're making minimum wage at first. Mm-hmm. And they lose their job. They're living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. You lose your job, 
that's it. That's like, it. It's going to put you in a very precarious situation where you're yeah. you're going to be trying to scramble, making sure your your kids have a place where they can sit down and eat, and also yeah. you're providing for your entire family. And in some cases, like, I know my parents at one time were also helping, you know, the, my grandparents. Yeah. For example, because my grandparents don't have anything. They just have a house, and they really do depend on all of their children. Exactly. Right. Man. I remember, you know, one of the time, like, when I first, like, realized what discrimination was, and I think, so, I think this is going to be funny, because, like, this, um, <laughs> well, I don't know if it's funny, but it's, it's crazy, because so I'll be, this is kind of, like, my first time kind of really talking about it, mm-hmm. but... I remember, you know, my dad did landscaping and my dad was always like, he always wanted to teach us hard work. So he believed that like, you know, every day after school, like you got to come with me, get in the truck, let's go cut grass. You know, you're going to learn how to like, you know, to to appreciate what I give you. Mm -hmm. That was really his way of teaching us was like making us go work with him. And I have memories where it's like, you know, we work for, um, certain people <laughs> mm-hmm. that were of the majority and they would used to treat my dad so bad like they would call him wetback like there were wow. people who would only pay him half after he cut their mm-hmm. grass and like you know we've had certain clients that were just like really rude to my father and um but even then like when i was super young like when i was like you know 10 you know 11 12 i'm still working with them like i'm just internalizing because like in when we lived in california we mm-hmm. lived with a lot of other Latinos, so I didn't really understand it, you know, discrimination then, because we were all just trying to survive. Yeah. It wasn't until we came to Georgia that little by little I started opening my eyes, and I was like, whoa, like, it's it's a whole different ballpark. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And, but the, the moment that I realized that, like, we weren't accepted, mm-hmm. I was about 15 years old. Um, it was funny because we were just having this conversation earlier. Yeah. So my dad used to work for... Um, uh, this landscaping company and my dad was like one of the favorite landscapers like he like they loved them they really uh, admired mm-hmm. like admired what he was trying to do for us and all this stuff long story short they give my dad a house this is the first house we ever lived in because before then we were just like moving from apartment to apartment the ceo of this landscaping company tells my dad hey you seem like a very honest guy this guy was white and he was yeah. conservative but he had a heart for my dad he's like i have this old beat up house your family can live in it rent-free as long as you guys kind of maintain it for me. Because mm-hmm. he wanted to sell it down the road. He just wanted someone to look after it. Yeah. So we lived in it, and this was the moment that I realized that we were in the South. But more importantly, I realized, we realized that we weren't welcomed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still in the, like, ingrained in me. I, can, I don't know if I can ever get rid of this, this, um, this experience or this image in my head. But um, the house was in horrible, horrible shape. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It was so bad. Um, the floors were like legit, like falling apart. So my dad was like, hey, like, let's go ahead and change the floors. And we're like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, let's, let's change them. And so we were changing the floors. Like, we probably were in this house for like less than two months. Like, we just mm-hmm. moved in. We were changing the floorings. Next thing you know, um, we just heard pop, 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 pop. They started shooting up the house. We were in the kitchen. Wow. We were in the kitchen. And I just remember my dad said, get down, get down. So we legit, like, laying flat on the ground. Mm -hmm. I'm looking up, and I'm just seeing bullets fly over me and my brother's head. Mm -hmm. They're shooting up the house. 
And then my dad gets up. He picks up a bat. He tries running out. My bro- he tells us, he tells me and my brother, he's like, you know, stay in the kitchen, stay in the kitchen. And so then we come up, you know, because we, we want to see what was going on too. Yeah. And we also didn't feel comfortable being in there. So we run out too. And then this old red Ford pickup truck leaving with a bunch of guys that were white mm-hmm. ended up saying like, go back to your country, you fucking me- Mexicans. Mm-hmm. And, well, you know, we're You're not Mexicans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the reality that mm-hmm. we realized we weren't well, and that at fifteen I realized I was like, "Holy crap, we're not yeah. welcome here." That was at fifteen, being mm-hmm. shot up in the house that we were gifted to live, and we only stayed there for another two years. But we have incidents where, like, you know, we lived on the side of Georgia that was very, very, you know, we were the only Latinos that lived mm-hmm. in a very rural countryside of Georgia. And I remember people still, like, that wasn't the last time. I still remember people throwing bricks at our house or, like, my dad, like, when they started selling the house, yeah. they had, like, a big, you know, for sale sign. Uh-huh. And then someone wrote on it, Mexicans live here or something like that. Uh, I, mean, um, I mean, so that was, like, the when we I realized, like, what discrimination was. I got to experience it firsthand in the South. Mm-hmm. And so, like, <laughs> you know... Being so aware of it so young, mm-hmm. like, it really, really, you know, changed my perception of, like, how I show up in the world. Because, like, yeah. I had that experience at 15. Ever since then, like, I've tolerated, I've never tolerated, like, discrimination. Yeah. Because even now, I'm 29, and I still get comments. And it's, like, people think, like, oh, like, you know, racism doesn't exist. I was, like, heck, yeah, it does. What you mean? We were just blind and, at the time, right? Yeah. And, no. and yeah. it's crazy because my my dad tried so hard to make us understand. He was, like, like, Nihos, like he was, like, you know, like, they just don't know any better and i was like yeah they do why why is it that our house got shut up and no one else's so i think it's it's crazy because um and i think and i always say this i was like you know the south is very different because it's a very black and white state Mm -hmm. you know now you're sprinkling in more latinx communities more brown and we're in essence now being discriminated against because I've experienced it from both sides because then yeah. my dad, and then we moved again from there to another part. My dad still started his business and then we started living on it and started like, you know, living and, you know, my dad started working for other communities, but we still face discrimination because people were just like, oh, like you guys are illegals, like, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, my parents, like my dad still only has his green card. My mom just recently became a U.S. citizen, but the reason why they never did it yeah. was because... I remember my dad told, I asked my dad once, I was like, dad, like, are you ever going to become a U.S. citizen? He was like, no, I don't want to. And I was like, why? He was like, they don't like us here so much that like, I'm just waiting until you guys graduate and get your jobs together. Then I'm leaving this country. Mm -hmm. He's like, you know, I would rather go back to El Salvador, you know, die a happy man there because it's, it's tough. And then that takes a lot for someone who, made that pilgrimage to come to the States to yeah. pursue a new life, give start a family and provide mm-hmm. to know that like I don't even want to become an American citizen. I'd rather go back because he's like, I'd rather be a, a poor farmer over there than try to live this life here in the because States. Because he did not feel welcomed. Because and it's still to this day. And it's I find it so it saddens me, man, because like I think of my dad and I'm just like, man, all those years you put up with this stuff and you kept telling us like, oh, like, you know, to, to believe the gringos and like all this stuff. And I'm yeah. just like, 
bro, the reality of what we went through, like, there's no, like, that was just acts of violence against it. We were discriminated against. We weren't allowed mm-hmm. to go to certain areas. There was a shopping center, I still remember that, in that one house that we went to. <laughs> this is how rural country that we were. It was called, mm-hmm. a, it was a Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> that was that was the closest That's shopping very country, center. okay? Very <laughs> country. And I remember we used to go there, and people would stare at us. Yeah. And my brother and I were aware of it, and we were just like, yo, like, this is so uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but that's the reality. Like discrimination still exists. Like I think one of, I, I just graduated college. I was working for this amazing nonprofit, um, and I was working with students. Yeah, this was about about three four years ago. Um, my jobs ended up sending me up to the northwest part of Georgia to go work with the student population out there. So I had a mm-hmm. group of Latinx students that I was working with, providing like one on one mentorship programs uh, services for. We were up, I was up there and I decided to get a hotel. Mm-hmm. And while I was at the hotel, like I, I decided not to go with like the typical best Western. I'd got a and b this little small Southern charm B&B. <laughs> I was like, oh, I want to experience it. I've never been in a B&B. I, like, I was like, I want to see what it's like. Yeah. But okay, I kid you not. Like the, I, I checked in at night, so I didn't really get inter- interact with people. The next morning I come down to have breakfast. I was the only brown person, but then everyone was staring at me. Yeah, because I wasn't dressed up. I was just like, you know, I was like, I still had, like, I didn't have to report to the to the school that I was working with until later in the afternoon. Yeah, but so I was like in shirt and sweatpants because I was gonna go work out. Mm-hmm. But they were looking at me, and yeah. I'm just like, and in my head, I was like, it's it's still going. Mm-hmm. Like this doesn't this didn't this is not ending anytime soon because it's ingrained in the South. It is. It's it's scary, man, because discrimination is like, you see it, it's not only just the the acts that are done onto you, but it's the acts that are, um, like, that are, like, I guess, like, unconsciously, like, the ones that people still do, like, whether it's staring at you or giving you these comments, you know. These are very, I mean, there are examples of microaggressions. Yeah. When it comes down to it, the way they look at you, the way they talk to you, the questions they might ask, are you Mexican? No, you know, there's more countries besides Mexico south of the border, yeah. right? Uh, you don't look Mexican. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I got that comment just not that long ago from one of my higher-ups. Really? Yeah, one of my higher-ups. I was uh, I was at work, and one of my higher-ups even told me, he's like, hey, man, you don't even look that Mexican. I was like, first of all, I'm not Mexican. And, like, second of all, what are you trying to say, my guy? Like, are you that comfortable that you just feel like you can just tell somebody, like, oh, you don't look Hispanic or Mexican? I'm like, wow. Yeah. It's no matter where you go. It's like, you don't fit the role. You, yeah. I, I feel comfortable with you. We're bros. We're going to... No. no. <laughs> there are certain things you don't say. No. Even no. if you're comfortable with but, someone. And I think that's the thing, right, where I think that's why it's needed for people to speak up, to yes. be able to say Because I tolerate no person. Like, if you say something to me or even to someone that's near me or mm-hmm. that's close to me or even someone that I don't know, but, like, I will openly always stand up um, f- against any type of discrimination or when someone makes these comments that are just so like just messed up i was at um because i I, you know i live in Gwinnett, right Mm -hmm. i went to the store recently i went to uh, you know kind of moved up now i'm in Publix. Uh (laughs) (laughs) i still go i still go to the canisteria and all that but you know i i shop at Publix. get that Uh, organic stuff (laughs) (laughs) hey man you saw my fridge (laughs) 
Um, but like you know, I'm at Publix and I'm seeing this Latina mother with her. I think her son had to be no more than like five or six years old, and he like and she can't speak any English and mm-hmm. she's trying to buy something, and they're telling her that like you know she's at she's at the cashier and they're and she's trying to pay. Yeah, and they're telling her that like oh like no it's more money it's like you know and she's like she was, she was handing them like a twenty dollar bill and I think like her 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 her, her total was like thirty something dollars mm-hmm. but they were trying to say like, no like ma'am you still owe money and she was like you know she was like trying to like show that she didn't understand and mm-hmm. and she just tried to show that she had no more you know. Mm. And so I started getting frustrated because they started getting mad at her. They're like, "Ma'am, do you not speak English?" And I was like, "No, no, 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 no." You're not going to talk to her that way. Mm-hmm. Do you see her son right there? Her son's getting scared. I was like, y'all can do way better than this. Yeah. I was like, here, I'll pay for her groceries. But don't y'all ever talk to someone like that again. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's low of y'all. And next thing you know, like, she pays. I talked to her in Spanish. And I told her, I was like, you know, in Spanish, I was like, you know, so sorry that you had to experience this. And then I told her son, I was like, hey, man, like, you know, you know, I was like, you know, as you get older, you know, always getting, you know, like, got to stick up for your mom, man. Like, yeah. You know? And he just looked at me and her and she gave me a hug. You know, mm-hmm. and um, but that I just take I I can't I I can't stomach that I can't stomach seeing it. And then the general manager comes up to me and he's like, he's like, sir, what happened? We're so sorry about that. I was like, we'll cover your groceries. I was like, no, you don't have to cover my groceries. You don't have to cover my groceries. Just train your people better. Yeah, because this is effed up. You know. Yeah. Because honestly, again, I'm not trying to be bougie, but Publix, you know, it's got a gold <laughs> standard. You know, like y'all are are known to providing good services. Yeah. Why are y'all treating this poor woman who can't even speak English right? And then, so yeah, man. It's, it's, it's sad. A lot of these places, again, I think in general, I saw a statistic. Georgia is becoming one of those states where the minorities are becoming the majority. Oh, yeah. By 2030, that's the expected, you know, like census data is going to look more where we're going to see a larger population of African Americans, Asian Americans, mm-hmm. Latinx. And I think a lot of these businesses should be prepared right now for that. Yeah. And also, keeping that in mind, Letty, I think that's scaring a lot of the locals. Mm-hmm. Because this whole state is changing. Right? It's not the good old country, ding, 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 you know, <laughs> country anymore. It's, it's... My God. Is that a banjo? <laughs> Was Sorry. that what you were trying to do? I, yeah, it's a banjo. I saw Deliverance recently, okay? <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, bro, I've been living in the South. Of my- I've not seen a banjo yeah, yet. Though. I'm sorry. That's my bad. It's, I guess, a stereotype of mine. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My man started playing the banjo. Why, you didn't oh like the sound effects? <laughs> that was awesome, though. Um, but, yeah, we're going but yeah, the population is changing here, and I think a lot of businesses yeah. should keep that into consideration. A lot of schools counties everywhere you know because we are coming but on that same note Mm -hmm. we also have as a people Mm -hmm. we have to learn how to mobilize correctly too because what's going to happen is that these companies are going to want us they're going to want to hire us and all that pretty sure there's not going to be a lot of us that look like us at the top no. so you're still gonna feel you're still gonna have those microaggressions you're still gonna hear those comments mm-hmm. and i think we as a community have to learn how to mobilize and work together and learn how to advocate for ourselves because Agreed. if not like you know yes the it changes but still keep in mind that those that are at top still don't look like us mm-hmm. and until that changes 
you know, we're still going to still feel the effects of this discrimination that we still face today that we've been facing for years. So I think that's why I I love the work that we're doing because, you know, outside outside of this podcast, like, you know, professionally, like what we do in, in higher education, like we're teaching our students, mainly our Latinx students that we work with at, the, at, at our jobs, mm-hmm. like don't just become like a yes sir, yes ma'am kind of thing, you know, learn how to stick up for yourself, you know, as well. Yeah. Because, you know, we're changing, but we're still the South. Yes. And so you got to learn how to navigate those waters. And I think when, when we get to a point where we can mobilize and learn how to be great leaders, learn to not like assimilate. Mm-hmm the South will be a whole different thing. It will be a place that is reflective of us. Yes. And it's going to happen regardless. But I want it to be something that we don't have to simulate just yeah. to become either. Where we can, where we keep our cultural roots, our language, yeah. our practices, you know, where we keep our identity. Yeah. As this, you know, as, because in many cases, I have family members, Letty, where, I mean, dark skin, you know, brown skin, mm-hmm. they're not teaching their kids how to speak Spanish. Why? Could be laziness. It could be maybe they're afraid that their kid's going to be discriminated upon. Yep. You know, there could be a wide variety of reasons. But making sure that you keep your language of origin mm-hmm. is extremely important because though that's an important tool to have as you grow up. And that is fascinating because, like, that's, you know, that's what I'm doing with my daughters, you know. Me and my wife were trying to really teach our daughters, you know, to learn value Spanish because my parents fell into that. My Mm -hmm. dad told us to learn English. He, like, my name in Spanish is Letty. But my dad said, no, go by Larry because the, los gringos, like, that's how they're going to learn how to pronounce your name, right? And I'm like... I was like, Larry's a very, I mean, shoot, there's Larry the Cable Guy. I mean, that's <laughs> as Americanized as you can get, right? Very, very few people actually call me Letty. Yeah. But I've learned as I got an older that I have to appreciate it because my dad fell into that. My parents did. They wanted us to learn English and yeah. not practice Spanish because my dad was like, my parents were like, you guys have to learn English so well so that way you guys can thrive in America. And it wasn't until high school that I started teaching myself Spanish that I was like, mm-hmm. No. Because I have to hold on to what makes me me and authentic, yeah. and it, it scares me because like sometimes like you know I think we work with students, and they, you know they they fall in the same category where like they don't even know there's the the whether if they even even if they don't know Spanish but like they don't even know their cultural history mm-hmm. because they're trying so hard to and I hate to say it for lack of better words assimilate yeah. to America. And America was not built by gringos. America no. was built by a diverse immigrant community. Yep. And we have to hold on to that. So, mm-hmm. hey, man. So, hey, but, but, you know, we're getting close <laughs> to time, man. You know, we, I think we've been having this. This is awesome, man. This, great is, conversation. This, is, this is a great conversation. We got to continue. We might have a part two on this, y'all. Y'all better watch out. <laughs> um, but this last segment, man, like um, as we're wrapping up, but let's just, um, any tips, any advice to, to our community, to any of our listeners on like how to handle discrimination because oh, wow. it is it's, it's a that's a tough one but I, it's a tough one but going back to like us teaching you know you know I know, yeah. you know you're a professor so you know I ain't gotta tell you this you know it's your job so <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, educate but, the public right <laughs> educate educate the public educate our listeners but like you know what what's a, a piece of advice that you would give um, to our listeners but to our community of like you know how to handle discrimination speak up 
We yeah. have to speak up because if we keep quiet, it's going to keep on continuing. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep to your roots. Uh, speak up. Keep to your roots. Go and find help. Mm-hmm. It all goes back to things that we've talked about in the past. We like to handle things our, on our own or in some cases we just don't want to face it. But it's okay. There's a lot of people out there that are willing to help. You know, you're a yeah. prime example of that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not alone. Yeah. Whenever you have a situation where you experience discrimination, you have rights to defend yourself. Yeah. You know, and if you see someone that's being discriminated upon, intervene. You know, yeah. we are we are one community. We are not alone. We have to help each other out. Because sometimes uh, I think a lot of people don't speak up because they do feel like, you know, who do I go to? What do I do? Just learn from it. No. No one should be experiencing any form of discrimination. Yeah. And that's a fact. Definitely. Man. Got that knowledge, man. (laughs) (laughs) That Uh, cup of coffee. I don't know what's in that coffee. I'm telling you, man. But I am like super wired. I can go and like run around and I'm out of shape again. That's what's up. I'm getting 10 pounds last week. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man. This is is what I run off every morning. Oh, my God, Letty. This is is heavy stuff. This is some good stuff, ain't it? Um, But yeah, man. I think on that same note, you know, I I think, you know, if there's anything I've learned, don't assimilate, advocate. Yeah. That's it. You know, don't don't assimilate, advocate like, you know, no, hold on to what's integratable, hold on to what makes you you. And, you know, don't assimilate. I think that's just something that happens so much. Like, you know, I see it in my parents for so many years. They assimilated. They suppressed all these things. Mm-hmm. And now, like. I'm seeing my parents in this new light where it's just like, you know, my sometimes my mom, she tell, I tell her things that happen at work. She's like, that's local. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I, I might be, to be honest with you, I might be crazy, but you know what's the, but I'm moving yeah. the needle forward because I'm only moving up higher and higher because I'm, I've learned to just advocate. Not, and I'm not saying go crazy, you know, either, yeah. but like, but there's also a way on how to move together. And I think you said this once, you said this to me a couple of times, but you know, not only, you know, seeking help, but like learning that in numbers mm-hmm. we can change things, and it's and if and that's what we need to do as a community. Like you know, get together, help educate each other, yeah. help each other mobilize, help each other advocate, so that way we can make a difference and move the needle forward. Because mm-hmm. in numbers, there's power, and there that is what I'm seeing the trend moving towards now. Is that yeah. we are now reaching. Like now that after years of immigrants that have come to the States, now we're seeing more Latinos get educated and whatnot. Yeah. Now it's the balance of like, do we assimilate or do we move in numbers and try to make sure that we hold on to what's culturally ours and stay yeah. true to ourselves. So I think I think with that, yeah, man. Well, anyway, any any last thoughts before we close out? No, no. It's Labor Day. Make you sure. got any plans? No, my parents came. They're, they're gone now. I'm just going to go take a nap. You know, play with my cat. I don't know what else to do. It's, like, it's Monday. <laughs> Tomorrow we go back to work. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe do a little man. bit of laundry. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Man, I want to take a nap, but like. It's <laughs> coffee. I'm telling you, man. Oh my this goodness, this is like gasoline, man. Yeah. Just, oh my gosh. Don't call it that. <laughs> <laughs> now the listeners are thinking, like, oh, like Letty drinks gasoline. <laughs> no, my coffee is good. It's strong. Oh, it's really strong. <laughs> it's really strong. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, man, no, I got no other plans. But, you know, but for, you know, lastly, just want to thank everybody. Thank y'all for listening, for tuning in. Um, we got some other great stuff coming in, so stay tuned. Um, we hope everyone has a good rest of 
their days. Um, hopefully, y'all get to enjoy and get to rest during this Labor Day weekend. And um, sending all the strength to anyone who is currently going through it, sending all the loves and thoughts. And uh, just on a side note, um, it is National um, Suicide Prevention, I think, month yeah. or week. And so, you know, you know, with that in mind, you know, show love. Tell somebody you love them because you just never know what someone's going through. So, Agreed. Yeah. So with that, we are out, and stay tuned for our next episode. Adios. Peace.